welcome to Reclaim Your Life with Kate, the podcast where we get rid of stress and overwhelm and reclaim your life. Come on, let me show you how. You're listening to episode number 49, the one where I share my interview with Melanie O'Reilly Rogers. So Melanie and I connected over social media, over all things motherhood, and she had me on a guest uh, on her podcast, which is called the Honestly It's Motherhood podcast. Uh, check it out. I did an episode all about mom guilt. And so I'm really excited to have her on the Reclaim Your Life with Kate podcast to talk all about self-care. So if you uh, feel like your self-care isn't working, if you're like, I don't even know what self-care is because I have no time to do it, or if you do uh, get to do some things that you think are self-care, but then you're left feeling guilty because you took the time, or you're just not even feeling refreshed or rejuvenated after you do it, this episode is for you. So we take a deep dive into really looking at what self-care is, how we can make it work for us, how we can fit it into our individual you know, families and situations um, so that we can make sure that we are actually getting the benefits of self-care. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Melanie and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. So Welcome um, to the Reclaim Your Life with Kate podcast. I'm not sure what episode this is going to be, but I am joined by Melanie O'Reilly Rogers. Uh, Melanie and I connected over Instagram, I believe, and I was on her podcast. Um, she hosts the Honestly It's Motherhood podcast, and I did an episode about mom guilt. Uh, and so she's joining us today to talk about uh, if we are doing self-care right. Um, so self-care is sort of a buzzword. Uh, and I think that uh, it's really important to know if you're doing it right, um, meaning is it helping you? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Melanie is a mom of four. Uh, she is the host of the Honestly It's Motherhood podcast, and she has created a six-part self-care assessment to guide us and help us figure out if we are actually doing self-care uh, in the way that is serving us. So that's what we're here to talk about. I'm super excited for our conversation. So Melanie, what led you to talk about self-care and, and think it's so important? So back, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I am really excited to talk about this. This is probably the first time that I've been able to talk about this assessment on someone else's podcast before. Um, so uh, as you said, I have four kids. They are 10, 7, 4, and 4. And when my twins were babies, I... Um, I felt like I needed to be that martyr that like doesn't ask for help and doesn't need to take care of herself. Like I've got everything down. I had a full-time working husband. I felt like when he got home, he didn't need to be um, bothered by laundry. He didn't need to be bothered by dishes. Like those were things that I needed to do. Um, and when my twins are about six months old, I hit a wall. <laughs> Um, we had the twins had both been hospitalized with RSV when they were four months old back to back. Um, my daughter, we were going through getting some diagnoses for my daughter. Um, and it was it was really intense. And my whole family was encouraging me to get out. They were encouraging me to um, take time for myself. But I just kept saying there's no point because when I come back, the kids are still the same and the stress is still going to be there and the chores, quote unquote, are all still going to be there. Um, and so it was kind of like I. I, I just I just kept telling everyone no like everyone was encouraging me to do it my support system my husband everyone and I just kept telling them no I don't need it I don't need it I don't need it. 
Well, then COVID hit and it was kind of like a big wake up call to me and that like I had no self-care strategies in place. I had no self-care plan in place so that when COVID hit, I had no backup. I had no bag of tricks. I had nothing to fall back on because it did fall all on me. Uh, because my husband only stopped working for like a month and a half and then he well not he was working from home and then he went back into the office I lost my sitter that would come over and help me while I was working and I lost my uh I didn't lose my mom but I lost the help from my mom I lost the help from my sister because we were taking COVID very seriously and I realized that I had no I had no plans and no strategies in place so I kind of sat down and started figuring out why self-care wasn't working for me. I was asking around in mom groups, like, you know, do you feel like self-care works for you? And I was kind of asking them like, well, why, how do you do self-care? And I came up with these like six general areas um, of how we're doing self-care incorrectly, because I know that self-care has can have a very broad definition. Mm -hmm. And when I say self-care, I'm not talking about taking a hot bubble bath. I'm not talking about hiding in your closet while the kids are screaming. Those things are survival and self-maintenance to me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about my definition of self-care, which I truly believe everyone's definition of self-care should be, is out of the house, away from the kids, and you are not responsible for them while you're gone. So you have set up childcare, and I use the term childcare loosely because uh, your partner is not childcare. Um, so you have someone else responsible for the kids and you are able to get out of the house for a determined amount of time, whether it be an hour, two hours, two or three days. Yes, it's possible. Um, and, you know, I just kind of came up with these six things of like the reasons why self-care was not working for me. So over the next, year or so once restrictions were lifted and once we started getting a more um you know lenient with COVID or whatever us as a family i started to implement these things and i think about them all the time and i add in a little bit of mindset bs that i call it because it took a while for me to add mindset into it and i started seeing self-care actually begin to be effective for me. So I really related to this idea, like self-care not working for me. Right. And I remember, um, as we talked about on your podcast, I'm a single mom, so I'm no longer with, um, you know, the boy's father, but when I was, I would plan these, like, just go to lunch with my mom. Right. And you're talking about coming back to all the stuff still being there, the kids still being crazy, all the things still needing done. And I remember he would often text me like, Every 10 minutes, it felt like with a question or like, when are you coming home? What, right. So this idea of self-care being out, you know, with my mom for a little bit was actually more stressful because I was worried about what was going on at home or what I was going to come home to or feeling like I was being selfish because I was taking this time and he, you know, kept texting me and needing me. So I think that's really important to ask, you know, is it working for you? So when we say work for you. And you just mentioned it started to be effective for you. What is the, uh, how do we know if self-care is working for us or it's effective? So that is a really good question. If you return from your self-care feeling refreshed and recharged and able to take on the hardest parts of parenting and motherhood, which is a whole nother topic 
parenting and motherhood are two completely mm -hmm. different things. Um, and if you're, if you're coming back and you're not feeling recharged and you're coming back and you're still tired and you're still feeling like you have mounds of work to do, your self-care is not effective. Um, you, the purpose of self-care, self-care is a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? You cannot just do nothing, 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 nothing. Mm -hmm. And then run 10 miles. Like that's not, that is not an effective way of, you know, quote unquote, staying in shape or whatever it is that you do. I'm a runner. So this is something that I equate it to. And I actually just had a cardiologist appointment yesterday and he told me the same thing. He's like, consistent working out is much better for you um, and your butt. And, and, and I do running for my mind. I don't really do running for my body. I do running for my mind. And he said that like mm -hmm. working out, doing it more consistently is more effective than just running 10 miles whenever you can find a minute to do it. And that's, I feel like that's the same way for self-care. You, mm -hmm. you can't expect to survive on just like random bouts of, you know, whenever you feel you have the time, it has to be scheduled. It has to be something that's put into your routine and has to be something that is scheduled. And it requires a lot of communication with your partner of, I don't want you to text me. I don't want you to call me. Um, I need you to prep for it for yourself. So on some nights, like if I'm going out to dinner with a friend on a Wednesday, I meal plan. That's my um you know that's my one of my quote-unquote jobs in our house is i meal plan my husband and i do our fair share of splitting everything up mm -hmm. and i will tell him i'm going out to dinner with a friend on wednesday night what do you want me to plan for dinner for you like what do you want me to write down what are you going to make the kids for dinner and sometimes it's i'll just go through the mcdonald's drive through cool so i'll write that down that's what dad wants to do um might not have been my choice but again letting go of control of some of that too is going to help you be able to um find that self-care mm -hmm. be effective but yeah and I think you touched on something that uh maybe a lot of us don't realize but self-care is really preventative right where a lot of us mm -hmm. exactly kind yep. of react to it meaning that we get to that point where we're so burnt out we're snapping at the kids we're picking fights with our partner and then we're like, oh, I need self-care. So I'm going to do a girl's weekend or I'm going to do whatever. And then it's like nothing happens again for another six months till you're back in the same place where you're irritable. You're like losing your stuff on everybody. And then you're like, oh, I need self-care. When really we want to flip it to, no, this is preventative. I do need to do it more often, even daily so that I don't get to that Self-care is for prevention of burnout, yes. not in response to burnout. And that was something that I struggled with also, because on the rare occasion that I would have my husband like kick me out of the house and say, get out and do something, or I would have my friends be like, hey, we're doing this, you're coming. I would spend the, I, I vaguely, or not vaguely, I vividly remember a night out right before COVID I went out to dinner with three girlfriends. We try, we were all friends from high school and we try to get together. And I parked right behind one of them and we were getting ready to get in our car. And I spent the next hour standing outside her car because I was giving her some hand-me-down clothes for her daughter. And I stood out there for almost an hour crying about how miserable I was in motherhood. I vividly remember telling her like, I'm not happy. I'm overwhelmed. There's so much going on and saying to her, like you, how, how are you so happy? 
And I said to her, what is your least favorite part of motherhood? And she just stared at me. And I said, because you don't have one. And that's what I want. And she was like, you can't say that. Like, you can't compare your journey to mine. She has two kids. I have four. Um, I had twin infants at the time. I was so unhappy. And that was kind of like one, like I had a lot of like little turning points. And that was one of them of like, I can't keep surviving on these random bouts of dinners with friends where I spend the entire time complaining about how hard motherhood is for me. And that was a lot of the mindset too. That was a lot of like me realizing like, I have to separate the hard parts from the easier parts. Mm -hmm. Nothing is easy. My goal is to not make things easy. My goal is to make things easier. And um, that was like, I don't know. That was one of the turning points for me. I was like, I can't keep spending these bouts of self-care complaining about how terrible everything is. Like it wasn't, I was coming home and I was like even more miserable than I was before because venting about it was bringing it all right. to the surface for me. Yeah. So it wasn't effective because you weren't coming back refreshed. No, it yeah. was not effective yeah. at all. Yeah. And that's like some of the mindset part of it too is like, that was a really hard stage of life for me. Like I had infant twins and I had a, I had a three-year-old whose world was flipped upside down because it was just her and me while the older brother was at school. And then came in these two babies. Like it was a very, very, very hard stage of life for me. And I just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel because I wasn't allowing myself to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're right. We all go through seasons that are harder than others. And you know, I think, like you said, parenting is difficult at every stage, but some seasons are just definitely more overwhelming than others, I think. So that's why it's even more important to have some kind of self-care practice and recognize what you, um, what you engage in that is going to give you that, that feeling of refreshment and like rejuvenation. Um, would you say too, like, I mm -hmm. think one of the issues with self-care is that at least for me, if I would go and do something, I think we have to check our expectations, right? So like, I think I thought I would come back and the kids would be happy and great. And I would, you know, you know, be happy with my partner. I'd be happy with all the areas of my life. And that's really not what self-care is. It's getting you to the point where you can come back and tolerate all the difficult things with parenting. And you have more tolerance and patience mm -hmm. for when the kids are fighting or when they're not sleeping or, you know, all of those things would you say that too like it comes down to expectation yes and that's that's another one of my six points is like adjusting your standards and adjusting your expectations because that was a huge one for me it was I kept telling everyone like there's no point in taking time for myself because when I get back my kids are still going to be mm -hmm. animals mm -hmm. like so but you know in reality like that's we don't do self-care for right. them we do self-care right. for us and that they don't care that I need a break when I'm gone. It's like out of sight, out of mind. They don't know what I'm doing. They don't care what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. They're just waiting for me to come back. And um, yeah, changing your expectations of like how things were going to be when you get home was like a, was a huge mm -hmm. deal for me also. Yeah. Like just expecting that the laundry is still going to be there. There's <laughs> still going to be dishes in the sink. The kids are still going to yeah. be fighting, but your tolerance and, of it. Yeah. And you know, we, I don't know if you've ever read, but I highly recommend anyone who's listening to read mm -hmm, the book, mm -hmm. The Fair Play Method. Um, and my husband and I kind of were like, do it. It's basically, if you've never read it or heard of it, it's basically a, um, 
kind of like a method of dividing dividing tasks at home but it's less about dividing tasks and more about everyone gets mm -hmm. the breaks that they need and so you're passing around all of these tasks and chores or whatever so that everyone gets the breaks that they need and my one of my car there are physical cards that you can pass mm -hmm. back and forth to each other and one of my quote-unquote cards is laundry i do laundry so if i choose my laundry day is thursday and if i choose to go to dinner with a friend on thursday night and i haven't finished the laundry like when mm -hmm. i come home the laundry's not gonna be done I mean, if the kids are in bed and my husband's sitting in front of the TV and he feels like folding the laundry, he'll fold the laundry. But I can't expect him to do the laundry unless I flat out ask him, hey, I've had a really rough day. Do you think you could fold the laundry for me after the kids go to bed? I'm not going to come home to magical folded laundry. I mean, when I lived with my mom, we had a laundry fairy, <laughs> but I, mm -hmm. I am the laundry fairy now. So I can't expect him. I can't expect to come home to the laundry being folded unless I flat out ask him like, hey, do you think you could do that for me? um so that was like another thing like you said like you you can't like you come home the laundry's still gonna be there and it's not because it's a mom job it's because mm -hmm. it's my mm -hmm. job in my house is laundry i hold the laundry card so to speak um and you know and what we alternate who puts who to bed so like it's our job together to prep the kids with like hey mom's not gonna be home thursday night so dad's doing everybody's bedtime um my kids need to be prepared for yeah, any yeah, it's change. <laughs> everything yeah, it's throws them off and so it's important for us to prep them like like we have a chart on our refrigerator and if they want to know who's putting them to bed they go over and they check the chart and if normally on thursdays i put kid a and kid b to bed they can check the chart and be like oh mom's going out she's now are they happy with it not all the time um but i've done my due diligence in letting them know that it's not going to be yeah that i think that's great and it does take a lot of planning and coordination and hopefully being on the same page with your partner but i know you know i would imagine that some of my listeners aren't on the same page with their partner or you know they're just not i don't want to say organized but they just really haven't had those discussions about the division of labor and mm -hmm. you know everyone kind of taking on their role and filling that role um, but I think, you know, for me, the reason that self-care didn't work sometimes for me was back to these expectations and this mom guilt that came into it, right? So like you mentioned, you know, your husband driving them through McDonald's drive through for a night that you were taking self-care. That may have thrown me into a tailspin, meaning I would have cooked a home meal for them, right? And I would have made sure that they had vegetables or they had whatever, Right. And so the stress that I would have caused myself overthinking they're getting fast food, they've we've had it too many times this month, that stress of that and that guilt of like things not being perfect or someone not doing exactly what I would do and how I would do it almost created so much stress that I didn't enjoy the self-care. Do you see that too? Mm -hmm. Or Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot of women have that. And I do think that a lot of women that I talk to do not or cannot engage in self-care because they carry the majority of the load at home. And so I think for a lot of people, that is the first place that you have to start is having a conversation with your partner and explaining to them um, that, you know, this self-care and taking care of yourself in this way is not a luxury. Um, and if you have a partner 
it should just it, it should just be a part of your routine. And so I think having that conversation with your partner is really important also. And I think that a really great place to start is that mm. book, The Fair Play Method by um, Eve Rodsky. And um, there's also a, an Instagram and TikTok account. Her name is Laura Danger, that darn chat. She's a really good account to, to follow. Also, she has a podcast as well and a YouTube channel where she talks a lot about mm. uh, the fair play method. So I think that would be a really great start for some, a really great pl place for a lot of women to start if they feel like they don't have the support at home to be taken yeah, care of. Absolutely. Themselves. Yeah. Well, let's get into, um, so there's six parts to your self-care assessment. What are, what are some of the parts or what do you want to discuss um, to kind of walk us through that? So we've kind of talked, we've kind of hit on like half of them. Um, so in my freebie, if you download this freebie, you can get it right on my site or you can get it uh, my site at mostlyundercontrol.com or you can also get it in the link in my bio on Instagram at mostlyundercontrol. And what it does is it breaks down the six parts for you and then asks you questions based on those six parts and then kind of gives you the answers to the six parts of like, if you, you know, this is what your answer should be. And if it's not, this is an area that we need to work on. Um, so the first part is defining self-care correctly. As I kind of said in the beginning, it's um, out of the house, spending time on yourself, not doing something for the family. So I do not believe that going grocery shopping mm -hmm. for the family is self-care. Does this mean you can't enjoy it? Absolutely not. There are tons of people out there that enjoy grocery shopping. Personally, I despise it. <laughs> And um, it's it's the ADHD and the anxiety in me. I just, I can't, I, I can't do it. I've tried listening to music. I've tried putting headphones in. I've tried putting in noise canceling, nothing. It, I can't do it. Um, so I usually do grocery pickup, but I digress. Um, so we have to define self-care correctly yeah. for yourself. And I truly believe that to do self-care correctly, it has to be out of the house, something for yourself, and you are not responsible for the children. Um, I also believe another step of this is we need to be taking care of ourselves daily. So this is not showering. This is not eating meals. This is not sleeping. These are um, mm -hmm. self-maintenance. So taking care of yourself daily, I call these moments of self-preservation. You're kind of preserving yourself. And that's kind of like if you want to go back to the running analogy, keeping yourself active mm -hmm. in small doses. Um, so we are... Uh, ordering a fun lunch for ourselves while the kids are eating peanut butter and jelly and potato chips. We are um, turning on a movie for them in the afternoon so we can watch Netflix on our phone or um, listen to a podcast or catch up on a book. We are um, planning a play date with a friend even though our kid is nine months old and they're not really playing with anyone. It's for you. Um, those are the types of things that you can do to take care of yourself every single day while you're waiting for the next um, out of the house self-care activity that's going to be scheduled. So it's mm -hmm. something that you can look forward to. Um, we also need to be doing the right activities, We need, which is, like I said, not grocery shopping. They are the things, what made you as a person before you started having children, before you were married, um, before you had a home and children to take care of. What are the things that you used to do? For me, my husband and I recently rediscovered our love for live music. We went to see a concert together a couple months ago and we are hooked and now we are digging and trying to find more concerts to go to together. Um, so you've got to make sure that you're doing the right things. If you're going to do something and you're coming back and you're not feeling recharged, mm -hmm. that ain't it for you. Um, 
I get massages once every like two months. I have friends that are like, that does not sound enjoyable to me. Right, right. So that's not your thing. Um, and then again, as we talked about a little bit, uh, the fourth step is adjusting your standards and expectations. We're adjusting our standards based around what's going to happen while we're gone. Um, and then we're adjusting our expectations on what's going to happen when we return. Um, another thing we touched on a little bit is not waiting too long. We can't just survive on self-care once every six months. That's not, right. it's right. just not going to fly. Um, we cannot wait too long to engage in self-care. Self-care is for uh, prevention of burnout, not in response to burnout. And then finally, the sixth step, which is what drew me to you, mm -hmm. is ditching the guilt. Um, we have to get rid of, which we have to get rid of that guilt of like, I shouldn't be taking care of myself. Good moms don't leave their kids at home to go see a concert with friends. Good moms don't go on trips without their children. All of these things are crap. And if you have anyone in your life that's making you feel this way, stop <laughs> talking to them. <laughs> like hard, that is a hard and fast rule for me. If there's anyone that's making me feel guilty about the way that I prioritize myself, they're just not in my life anymore. Um, I truly believe that it is possible for you to take care of yourself first while also prioritizing your children. Um, is it easy? Not really. Uh, but once you start getting into the groove of taking care of yourself, it, I have become such a better mom, in my opinion, when I've started taking care of myself and prioritizing myself. And oh, my yeah, lives. absolutely. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about, that preventative nature of it. It's really for how you said self-care is for you. It's not for them. It's in order for me to show up and be the mom that I want to be, I have to do that. I have to recognize when I need self-care. I have to allow myself to have self-care without the guilt because that allows me to be less irritable, less likely to snap at them more engaged, more present with them. Um, so my youngest plays soccer and he has soccer practice twice a week and then a game every weekend. And so there was one practice where I just was like, but I'm going to just sit in the car and read my book. Cause you know, I really, I've watched you, you know, practice twice a week for how many weeks I've come mm -hmm. to every game, but tonight, like I need to just stay in the car and read my book. And he was like, okay. <laughs> And he was fine with it. Right. But if I had let the mom guilt, like all the other moms are sitting there and watching their kids practice. And, you know, what if he scores a goal or what if he isn't, you know, he, sometimes he plays goalie. What if he's goalie and you miss it? And he was fine with it. I needed it. And I, you know, I, I, you know, talked about that with him. I communicated that with him and then it was great. I felt so much more refreshed so that I could tackle homework and bedtime and getting lunches ready for the next day and all of that when I got home after practice, which if I hadn't done that, you know, I could have just been really snappy and irritable and just like mm -hmm. rushing them through to get to bed. And you have been able to recognize your triggers and you've been able to recognize when you're starting to feel that burnout. So, right, that was one of the things of taking care of yourself daily. That was a moment of self-preservation of like, I need to be in my car by myself. I need to be reading this book. Like, I love you and I love soccer, yeah. but tonight it just ain't it for me. And I think 
and that's actually a part of um, after my freebie I also have a planner that helps you plan your self-care and there's a worksheet in there that asks you like what are your signs that you're burning out what are your signs that you need extra help um, because I think it's important for us to recognize Yeah. these things in us. And another really great way to do that is to start therapy. Um, I feel like uh, get I've been going to therapy since before I was even pregnant. So I've been going to therapy for almost 12 years now. And I think that's... Um, That is a really, really, really good way to start ditching the guilt
is you prioritized your needs. You made your needs the same as everyone mm-hmm. else's, meaning that your needs, things that you need done, things to take care of yourself are just as important as everyone else's. And so if we can get mm-hmm. to that point where we at least see that everyone's needs, you know, are important and ours don't get to just be put on the back burner just because we're the mom and we take care of everything. So that's another, I think, important point to even getting to that point where you engage in self-care and maybe take this assessment and answer those questions honestly to help you come up with a plan. You have to realize that your needs are just as important as everyone else's. It's hard for us to accept. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and when you bring that up, it reminds me of um, I how I realized that like social media can be super triggering to me because there are the you know martyr mom accounts out there that are you know bragging about spending more money on their kids clothes Mm -hmm. than their clothes and um you know saying how like you know now is not the time for me and my needs now is the time for my children's needs and i just i can't get on board with that um again i want to reiterate that i love my kids i spend one-on-one time with my kids i don't um Yes, there are times I have to cancel my self-care right. because of things that come up. Uh, there was a night that my husband, we had all the kids out of the house, that two of them were at my mom's and two of them were at my sister's house so that we could get ready for a party. And we got ready. We had just finished eating dinner and we got up to start cleaning. And my sister called me in a panic because my son fell mm-hmm. in her backyard and broke his arm. So everything was, I, my husband stayed home and did the cleaning and took care of what he needed to take care of. And I met my sister at the hospital and we were there until almost midnight. Um, and it was, you know, that my night of my child free night of, you know, quote unquote, self care or whatever, doing what I needed to do. We literally ate dinner in front of the TV, which was <laughs> glorious. Uh, it it was yeah. put on the back burner, burner obviously, because my kid broke his arm. Um, so, you know, there are times and football season is wild for us because we do football and we do cheerleading. So, you know, there are times when I have to do more mm-hmm. of the daily self-care because there are times when we are put in a pandemic. Like there are times when that self-care really isn't reachable or you have to stretch it out more often. And that's when I do more of the daily self-cares. Um, and when my husband and I will switch who does practice or this or that, or I need to go to practice because I need the Mm -hmm. hour in my car to myself, or you can go to practice because, um, you know, I need to put the kids to bed or whatever. Um, it's a lot of juggling. It really is. And for the longest time, I just kept telling myself that it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And then, I realized that I needed it to be worth it or I was just going mm-hmm. to completely mm-hmm. break. And then not be the mom that you want to be for them anyway. So it's it's not even getting the result that yep. you want. Yeah. And I think it's really important for us to untangle this idea that loving our kids means that we're selfless and we just completely give everything mm-hmm. to them at every moment. Like you mentioned those you know social media accounts. That's so it's so infuriating to me because we're praised for being selfless. And that mom that, right, Mm -hmm. like you said, doesn't buy anything for themselves, spends all of the money on the kids. And, and it's just, it's just, it leads to shame. It is. It's It's damaging. damaging. It leads to shame. It leads to the mom guilt. It leads to burnout. And then I'm not the mom that I want to be for them anyway, if I'm coming from that place. So yeah, I think that's important. And then you're, and then you're just, it's all you're thinking about. And then 
this is where the term doom scrolling comes from is that's when you get sucked into the you know instagram and TikTok and all that other crap i mean i i love a good doom scroll but sometimes I can feel it in my body and how I'm getting agitated at some of these things that are coming up. And I just know I have to put my phone down and I have to. Sure. And I think a lot of us, I mean, I did this where I kind of thought that I know maybe you would call it self maintenance, but you know, time away from the kids or just being on your phone and scrolling could be seen as self care, but this is how, you know, when it's not working, Mm -hmm. if you put that phone down and you are agitated, you've been comparison, comparing yourself to everyone you just feel worse off. You feel like the worst mom ever. No, that's not going to be self-care. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not worth it. No. Yeah. So um, what, where can we start? What's an actionable step that if we just have no self-care right now at all, if we're kind of that mom that is trying to be selfless and putting everyone else's needs above our own, where, where can we start? What's the step we can take? So a great place to start would be, um, uh, you can would be downloading my six-step self-care assessment. And as I said, it breaks down the six steps of all of your self-care. Um, and then it gives you kind of an evaluation. There's questions that you can answer, and then it gives you the answers of these questions. You can find this download. Mm-hmm. It's about 12 pages. You can find this download. It is free on my website at mostlyundercontrol.com. Or you can also find it in a in the link in my bio on Instagram at mostly under control, or you can just send me a DM. I'm an open book um, and I can just send you the link on there. Um, and then uh, I do have a, a couple of podcast episodes. My solo podcast episodes are super short, like literally under 10 minutes. And I am starting to slowly break mm-hmm. down those six parts of self-care. And then I'm also currently working on a um, free training that will be a, uh, it will be like a presentation that will be a video. I'm going to do some of them live, some of them replays. Um, so you can give me a follow on Instagram to find out more information about that. Uh, and then that'll be a good way to walk you through it. Because a lot of people will download this and kind of feel like, oh my gosh, this is so much and getting on the um the live training would be a really great way to get in front of me and ask me questions and have me walk you through yeah evaluation well i hope everyone um goes and downloads that i'll put your website in the show notes so they can just click that and and get the assessment and i think if you know the last takeaway is you know we started out by saying that self-care is sort of this buzzword that we just brush off and we're like, Oh, I'll do that when the kids are older or I'll, you know, I'll get to that. Um, but I think, you know, in our conversation mm-hmm. today, we've shown how important it is for that maintenance so that you don't get to that burnout where you aren't showing up in the best way in the way that you want. So I think um, the assessments are a great way to, to start and um, you know, get the person to believe how important it is to take care of themselves. So, yeah. So I thank you so much get your assessment and follow you on Instagram. Hey, it's Kate again. If what we talk about here on the podcast resonates with you, you will love my three ways to get rid of overwhelm guide. I've put together my top three favorite tools to get rid of stress and overwhelm today. You can start doing them as soon as you download it. It's super easy. Just go to reclaimwithkate.com forward slash get rid of overwhelm no spaces again that's reclaimwithkate.com forward slash get rid of overwhelm 
And I'll also put the link in the show notes. I can't wait to hear how this helps you. Talk soon.